Hey everyone, and welcome back to Ask Reddit, the subreddit where anyone can ask a question and the most interesting questions get upvoted at the top. A little disclaimer about this post. Today's post is a serious post about missing people, and if you're the type of person who gets squeamish or gets depressed or gets freaked out by stories about perhaps missing people who in some cases end up dead or found dead, you're going to want to go ahead and click on to the next post. With that warning out of the way, here's today's post. Serious. Redditors who were the final people to see a missing person. Have they been found? And how has their disappearance affected you? When I was in my early 20s, I was friends with a group of brothers, one of whom was one of my girlfriend's roommates. On New Year's Eve, they threw a party at her slash their apartment. The next morning, I was taking the train home and happened to end up on the train with the youngest brother. He was acting normal, but I remember saying to him, see you later, when getting off the train and him smirking and saying, yeah. A few days later, one of the brothers says they haven't heard from him since the party. I told him about the train interaction and it turned out I was the last person to have seen him. No one else had seen him since the party, including his roommates. They eventually found a note in his apartment that read something like, I am fine, but don't try to find me. Several weeks go by with no word from the younger brother. I'm cooking dinner with my girlfriend and there's a knock on the door. Guess who shows up but the missing brother. He had run away to the Dominican Republic without telling anyone to see what life was like there, ran out of money and returned. Last person to see him before he disappeared first person to see him when he returned. When I was small, I was the last person to see three teenage boys before they drowned in a lake. They were about 17 or 18 years old. I was about 7 or 8 and fishing with my dad. We were walking along a beach on the lake shore and came upon three boys camping with a tent. They had a fire going and were frying sausages for their dinner. They were laughing and joking and drinking cans. One of them had Wayfarer Ray-Bans on. That's the image I see when I think of them. There were boats on the lakeshore. I was watching them as my dad was fishing. As we walked around the bend of the shore, no one ever saw them alive again. They took a boat out to the lake and all drowned. No one knows what really happened. Our family knew the family of one boy. My grandmother knew his mother. My parents took me over to see her after the funerals after a few months. She gave me sweets and a can of Sonic the Hedgehog Fizzy Lemonade. She wanted to know exactly what the boys were doing and what they were wearing and saying to each other. I told her about the cans of beer and my mother and father winced. I still remember her grief and her desperation to get every last detail about her son while he was alive. I still see them laughing on that beach, enjoying their cans and sausages, full of life. Yes, he was found. Back in high school, a guy I knew disappeared and the cops interviewed my friends and I. Apparently a note was found on his bed that read, Give us $1,000 or you'll never see your son again. And that's all it said. No contacts or drop-off location or anything. They found the guy three days later walking around the mall. He had been hiding behind an Albertson dumpster the entire time and got bored when he decided to walk around a nearby mall. Idiot. Edit, yes, he faked the note. He even did it in the style of cutting out letters from a newspaper and gluing them to form the sentence. 
Way back in the early 90s, I was traveling, spent a year traveling around the world, and at the time I was working in a youth hostel in Greece, on Santorini. I had talked about traveling together with a friend from home, but we ended up doing our own trips. Well, six months into the trip, I meet up with him in Santorini. We hang out for like a week, and he's continuing on eastward, and I was going west. Like two days later, his flight crashed in the Himalayas near Nepal. All 200 plus people on board died. I wasn't the last person to see him, but was the last person from our home who did. After it happened, I wrote a long letter to his parents and family, telling them about our week together on Santorini, and sent some pictures of us. These would be the last pictures his family had of him. The parents were too hurt to acknowledge my letter. I understand, but his sister wrote me and thanked me. That was 28 years ago. I have a slightly different story. I had a friend in college. We got into an argument one night. I said some things about how she had been acting, culminating in that night. I was done. A few months later, I decided to reach out. She had moved out of her apartment and disconnected her phone. Back then we just had landlines. I heard from a mutual friend she had moved back in with her dad. I called her and apologized. I asked her to have a beer with me to catch up. She told me she had stopped drinking, so we met for coffee instead. The argument had really affected her. She decided to do better. She quit drinking, moved home, and re-enrolled. I told her I was proud of her and asked if everything was cool at home. Her dad had a history of abuse. She told me it was good and we promised to keep in touch. I woke up to the police knocking on my apartment door. They found her body a few blocks from her dad's house. I was the second to last person to see her alive. They questioned me. Her car was in her father's driveway. That son of a bitch beat her to death and dumped her body like trash. The police were unable to arrest him right away and he died in the parking lot of a local bar a week later. They said he had a heart attack. He escaped justice and her murder is technically unsolved. When I was 13, I went to visit my auntie on a whim. She lived down the hill and we were extremely close. I was late for dinner and I knew my mom would be mad, but when I walked past my auntie's, something was screaming at me to go inside. My auntie kept saying she was so happy to see me and was dressed up like she was going on a date or something, which I found strange because she was only hanging around at home. We chatted for a bit and she was saying some very odd things. Tell such and such this, tell so and so I love them. She told me to take whatever I wanted from her house and her pantry and fridge were completely emptied out, which I thought was weird. The whole thing made my hair stand up, but I was just a kid and didn't understand what was going on. When I eventually left to go home, she teared up, gave me a big hug, said she loved me and was so glad I came by. The next day, no one in the family could reach her. The curtains were all pulled at her house and the phone line was cut. After eventually breaking in, my grandma discovered she had hung herself in the closet. Everyone in the family wondered why she didn't leave a note. After three years of repressing that memory, it resurfaced and I realized that I was the note. Effed me up for a long time. Back in junior year of high school for me, I knew a guy who was in his senior year and I knew him because we worked together at a school job we did. While working, we were talking and he was telling me about how he's going to go hang out with his friends after work, etc. Didn't think much of it. Next day, it's reported that he was killed 
in a drive-by shooting. This was two weeks before he graduated high school. I was the last person who had talked to him before he got into his car to drive to wherever he went. Not only myself, my school and especially his close friends became devastated and following were the proper things such as a funeral and such. During graduation ceremony, his name was announced and everyone was asked for a moment of silence as his father walked down the aisle in his position. Truly saddening. It's been almost two years now, and his Instagram and other social media are still up. I occasionally pull it up from time to time to look at it. Miss you, bud. I don't know if I was the last person to see her alive, but one of the last. Lori Hacking and her husband Mark Douglas Hacking came into my cell phone store two days before she found out about how he had lied to her about pretty much everything in his life and he killed her and their unborn child. They were both awesome people. She was happy and bubbly and he was a really, quote, nice guy. I came in from the weekend and there was a missing poster on our store door for Lori. It was really weird seeing that she was missing after just selling them cell phones and a plan. I reached out to the number and told them that her and Mark had been in the store two days before she went missing. I had to meet with the local police and an FBI agent. They had to look at the paperwork we had done, the video for the store, and interview all of the employees. The weirdest thing is that Mark came into the store after killing her and asked me a question about their cell phone plan. After killing his wife and dumping her body. A very close family friend that was dealing with the loss of his oldest son, who had committed suicide a few weeks earlier. It was hard on all of us, as they both worked with us on our farm, and I had known the son and the father since I was three or four years old. He came over for dinner on a Sunday night. He was supposed to come back over Monday morning to help out with farm work. It would be his first day back working since the loss of his son. Four days go by and he never showed up. We figured it was because he was dealing with his personal drama and didn't read much into it. Although we did reach out several times and went by his house on the second day since we'd seen him. That Friday we were informed by his ex-wife, who was contacted by authorities, that he had killed himself in his truck several miles outside of town in the middle of a field. He had left our home Sunday night and ended his life just an hour or so later. I sometimes feel like our family did not do enough to console him, and that maybe we didn't realize just how much he was struggling in life. It weighs on me occasionally. Especially around the time where both of the tragedies occurred. It was a great loss to me, and I have never properly dealt with the emotions. Last year, I worked at a school for kids with bodily and mental disabilities. I was an intern for nine months. And there was a kid I always talked to in the hallway. He was 15 years old at the time, and he was a pretty chill guy. He was in a wheelchair only because of a cross-section paralysis, so his brain was completely fine, yet it bothered him a lot. Two weeks ago, he was found missing. Even though I didn't have to do with him anymore, I still was worried about him and his well-being. Last week, he was then found dead in a river strapped to his wheelchair. It actually kind of destroyed me. Since in school he was a super positive guy, always cracking jokes, and then he was found dead. Turns out it was suicide. One of my best friends found out his wife was cheating on him. 
He went ballistic, grabbed his gun, and took off to parts unknown. Both the police and I went looking for him for several hours, but couldn't find him. Eventually, he texted me saying he loved me and where we could find his body, which we did. I was the last person he ever spoke to in life. Next year will be the 10th anniversary of his death, and while admittedly, I don't think about him every single day, I do think about him and that horrible day a few times each month. Worse, I live in a rural area where lots of people have the same build and wear much of the same clothing he did, so I will occasionally see close doppelgangers of him walking around, and it never fails to flood me with emotion. My friend also ruined Across the Universe by Beatles. He and I were big fans of the group, and that was his favorite song of theirs, so it got played a lot at his viewing. Now I can't listen to it. The last time I happened to be watching a movie that featured the song, I started crying without even realizing I'd started. I was one of the last people to see a kid who lived across the street before she was kidnapped. Our neighbors across the street were raising their grandchild because their child, the kid's parent, was on drugs. The kid was about six or eight years younger than me, and I used to babysit her sometimes, and she would come over and play with me and my siblings. When I was around 14 and she was around eight, several men broke into the house and kidnapped her. I had babysat her the night before, and I can't remember if she was home alone or if one of the grandparents was there. The police found her about 10 to 12 days later. Her mother owed a lot of money for drugs, and so some of the drug dealers tracked down her kid and kidnapped her to try to get the mother to pay them. I never learned the details of what happened while she was kidnapped, and she has gotten therapy and is now married with kids. Edit. She's doing very well and has a happy life. Sorry, everyone. I didn't phrase things well. So that's it for the post, guys. Wow, I don't really know what to say about this one. I guess as a new dad, first of all, this post makes me, you know, very protective of my daughter. It makes me want to protect her and try to keep anything like this from ever happening to her ever, ever, ever. And then I guess the other thing I would take away is, you know, we need to value the connections we have with people in life. You never know. Uh, when you're going to be the last person that someone speaks to, you know, that's why I really try to never leave interactions with close family members, with close friends on a bad note. Sometimes you can't avoid it if you're going through a struggle, but let the people in your life know that you care about them and try to, as much as you can, try to, you know, be emotionally sensitive, empathetic, aware of when someone's struggling and, and give them that little, that connection, that thread to hang on to. But if you guys have any stories about something like this that you've experienced, I'd love to hear them in the comments below. If you're struggling with something in your life, you know, I'm just a voice on YouTube. I'm just a voice on a podcast. But if you need someone to talk to, please leave a comment in the, in the discussion below. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this post. As always, if you like the video, leave a like or a comment down in the discussion below. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to see more and hear more posts, from r slash ask reddit and other subreddits in the future, please subscribe. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. Hey everyone, and welcome back to ask reddit, the subreddit where anyone can ask a question and the most interesting questions get upvoted to the top. Today's question, parents of reddit, 
How do you feel when your kid brings back a girlfriend or boyfriend? How do you decide whether you like them or not? Met my daughter's boyfriend the other day. First boyfriend. She's 17, he's 18. I must admit I was a bit nervous and I remember very well being 18 and what I was thinking and wanting, but had a word with myself to be welcoming and warm and to treat him as an equal. My daughter's friend and therefore my friend. Anyway, he's a nice young man, so it's all good. But I, to answer your question, I guess if he's nice, I'll like him. If he's a dick, I won't. Either way, as far as my daughter is concerned, I'll like him. My four-year-old daughter introduced me to the five-year-old neighbor kid as a boyfriend. She told me he's really good at running fast and he appreciates snails as much as she does. Needless to say, this is a keeper. Not a parent, but this was my experience with my mother when I was a teen. So as a teen, my mother pulled me to the side and gave me the gay talk. You know, the I'll still love you even if you were gay talk. I asked her why she thought I was gay, and she said it was because I never bring any girls to the house. Guess what I did within the next few days? I brought a girl in the house. Guess what my mother did? She kicked her out and gave me a lecture on how inappropriate it was to bring girls to the house. Yeah, it makes no sense. Well, next time, bring a boy home! My daughter, 13, wanted me to meet her first real boyfriend. I was nice and pleasant, but I knew it wouldn't last because he was all looks and no brains. Of course, as junior high relationships go, it was about a two-month ordeal. I think all parents should try and be cordial, unless the person feels like a serial killer or something. My daughter just started dating. She was mortified when I picked them up and asked if everything was Gucci. When they interact and help out the rest of the family. When my daughter didn't understand her homework and then her sister's boyfriend helped her, it showed how much he actually cared. My mother-in-law assumed I was some sort of player when I first met her before my first date with my wife. Even told my wife that she assumed I went on lots of dates back at school. Jokes on her, I spent the entirety of my freshman year, year before I met my wife, enjoying the sweet, sweet internet speed of my dorm room and playing the shit out of Halo 3. Mass Effect 1 and 2, picking up drunk dorm mates from house parties at 3am and going on exactly zero dates. After years of getting to know my mother-in-law, she just didn't want her daughter to get into a long distance relationship, then end up moving out of state with me if we got married and I was still there. Which ended up happening. Whoops. My mother has always been accepting of everyone I've ever dated, but realistic about their faults. My family immediately welcomes them with open arms, but just warns me if they seem off for whatever reason. I think it's a decent system. This is how my mom operates. She let me make a lot of mistakes, but always told me what she saw from her perspective and her concerns. However, it always ended with, as long as you're happy, that's what matters. I agree, as a parent you have to be this way or risk alienating your child which leaves them with no support as they are too afraid to admit they are wrong. We have had both sides of the spectrum and can say we approach them with open arms. Funnily enough, it's our friends who will tell our kids if they're not right, 
When my oldest daughter introduced her first serious boyfriend, he was an awkward kind of guy. Was pretty unremarkable, but he got super animated about topics that interested him. I had a chat with him about my daughter. He got animated. They've been married for nine years. Good guy, works hard, is a staunch advocate for his wife, and I love his smile when he looks at their kids. My oldest son's first girlfriend was not an emotional investment he was willing to make. She was pretty, but that was it. I scolded him, he got defensive, almost married her, but she made the mistake of asking my son about my money. About a year later, he brought home a beautiful, talented woman with an electric personality and more self-confidence than even my cocksure eldest, and I was never more proud of him than when he took that dive. Their kids are incredible. Great couple. My second daughter just introduced us to a college friend of hers. He seems like a decent person. He's young, but he's got a head on his shoulders and seems able to conduct himself politely. I'll need more time to figure it out. My youngest son had a high school sweetheart girlfriend that's now his college girlfriend. When I first met her, she was nine, so I'm pretty enamored with her. Her parents have babysat and house sat for us, and they're all good people. My youngest daughter has introduced me to a girlfriend from her trade school recently. Pretty sure she has been dating her for a couple years. She's angry, contrary, and bitter. Under all that baggage, it's hard to tell, but I'm hoping that my home can be a place where she can just let whatever angers her so much disappear for a while, and I can, I can find out who she actually is. I've asked a good friend of my daughter's if there's ever been any signs of violence, as that's my only real concern, but so far it seems fine on that front. My youngest has always been a bit more subdued and contemplative than others, so I'm hoping that whatever bitterness is in her girlfriend's life doesn't hurt her. This relationship is the most concerning one to me because my daughter is a very sensitive person, and I fear for her happy, cheerful spirit. It's not up to me to like them, it's up to her. If she does, then I do. I care that my daughter is one, safe, two, happy, three, motivated, and four, handling her own business. Apart from that, I'm just enjoying watching her experience things and hoping she includes me in some of that. I have always instinctively known within seconds of meeting them. I've liked all but one of my son's partners, and the one I didn't feel right about was the one who screwed him up. This is a tough subject. My daughter started dating a guy when she turned 17. He said he had two jobs. He said he came from a rough childhood, so he didn't like to talk about his family. He told us they were refugees from Haiti who moved to the U.S. to better their lives. He said his family one day just decided to move from our state to the other side of the country. We would all ask questions, but he would just shut up. It was troubling, but he was polite, seemed kind. He called my mom he was visiting every day. Then my daughter turned 18 and they moved in together. I felt it was too soon, but she thought she was in love. He was still his nice, quiet self in front of our family. My daughter began telling me he didn't want to cook or clean and just wanted to play PS4 while she worked full-time. I told her to keep talking to him about how she was becoming unhappy. He would make her promises, but continue to do what he was doing. She worked graveyards, so he would say he worked during the day and she'd believe him. She had a puppy who he agreed to look after and clean up for as a shared responsibility. He wasn't doing this at night when she was at work or when he was off. 
She had an opportunity to go to Disneyland for a week as a babysitter for her little cousins. After making sure he was okay with it, she went. She got home a day early to surprise her dog on his birthday. She found him lethargic with no food or water and no AC on in the hot Arizona weather. She broke up with her boyfriend then and there. She said her dog was like her son and she wasn't going to stand for that type of neglect. I picked her up and her ex-boyfriend followed her out. He was polite telling me to not let her leave him. I told him to give it a few days. After we left, I could tell her voice was hoarse. She said they had a loud argument. The next morning, she asked her dad and I to take her back to her apartment so they could talk. She could get some of her stuff and leave on good terms with him. I asked if we could go in with her and she said, No, Mom, I'm an adult. I got this. I jokingly asked if she was going to take her dog to protect her. She said, No, as long as he's with you, I know he will be well taken care of. Her words made me joke with her and ask if she was going to run away or something. She just laughed and called me silly. She kept in contact with me and at noonish asked me to get her. We went and there was no answer. It sounded like the apartment was empty. We called the cops. They did a wellness check five hours later after we begged and begged. We had searched everywhere and called everyone she knew, but they both had disappeared. We kept going back to the apartment hoping wherever they went they had come back, but still nothing. A neighbor brought me a chair to sit to wait outside the apartment until she came. I sat staring at one point on the wall as long as I sat there. I had a fear so primal and deep it slowed down my thought process. Another neighbor came to me and said she heard we were looking for my daughter. What she said next made my blood run cold. She said, I saw your daughter around 12.30 or 1. Her boyfriend was kicking her and dragging her by the hair into the apartment. I called 911 again because I knew whatever we found in the apartment was not something we would want to see. The 911 operator didn't believe me even after I let her talk to the neighbor. We broke the window and I climbed in. I found my precious, beautiful, sweet, amazing, loving daughter surrounded in blood. She had been strangled and stabbed in the throat. The spot where I'd been staring all day was the spot my daughter was killed at on the other side of the wall. He had killed her before we got there and she bled out in minutes. The kind guy who called my mom was really a monster underneath it all. He has no remorse. I was in disbelief and felt a misunderstanding had happened. I went and saw him once. He turned himself in two days later. He said he did it because he couldn't live without her. Never let your loved ones be alone when they are breaking up or going to meet someone they just broke up with. Learn from the biggest mistake of my life. I'd do anything to rewind time and save my daughter. My stepdaughter's boyfriend came into my house and we were talking about computer games and he had the audacity to tell me why Red Dead 2 was better than God of War. In my house! But respect to the lad for that. He stuck to his principles and a year later still argues with me about gaming stuff. Here's my dad's take. He liked my ex-boyfriend at first because he was initially polite and friendly, and I was very happy with him. However, my dad started to notice red flags later on and his opinion of him changed. For example, when we came back to my place from a day trip, he had sulked because I didn't show the enthusiasm he wanted about his favorite landmark. My dad told him that he should forgive me, but he still would not stop whining. 
My dad later told me that his reaction was blown out of proportion. Basically, my dad would decide whether or not to like any guy I bring home based on the way he treats me. My eldest is 15, and boys in high school can be gross. The way they speak to girls and girls to boys is just so far out of line, it makes me ill. But her boyfriend is respectful to her and her family. Most importantly, they're the same brand of weird. They FaceTime 19 hours a day, I swear. But yesterday they had an entire conversation about penguins, both using the same weird fake Russian type accent. He's her safe place, and without very good cause, I'd never get in the way of that. Not a mother, but I'm a sister to a lovely brother. He had brought some girls in-house in his teenage years, and instantly I would know if I liked them or not. The first one he brought was super rude with me and my parents. She would eat alone in the bedroom when we were having dinner, force my brother to be mean to me, etc. A few months after the relationship ended in a really bad way. After that, brought some girls, didn't talk so much with them, but they were nice and sweet. Didn't last long, less than two months. The last one he brought, when I talked to her, just one thought came to mind. She's the one. Five or six years later, here they are, living together. Not a parent, so I called my mom. She stated, and I quote, I like all of them until they give me a reason not to. Then, I never tell you whether I like them or not, so I don't influence your own judgment. I can't choose for you, although sometimes I wish I could. It's about respect, if she treats him right, and compatibility. On the other end, not her dad, but my girlfriend's roommate is this old, grizzled marine dude. She told me that he liked me because I didn't try to get him to like me, which apparently most people do. I was just myself and acted naturally, which he appreciated. Just be yourself, and the people that will like you will like you, and the people who won't, won't. But always be respectful. I've given my daughter the best advice I can give her, and she's leaps and bounds better at relationships than a lot of older adults I know. She's nearly drinking age where we're from. That's not to brag, though, as a lot of what I told her was don't do the same dumb shit I did. Well, that and to always know her worth. The moment someone makes her feel less important than they are, they get the boot. She doesn't try to fix people she dates. You are who you are, and if you're not right, then oh well. A direct quote. Honestly, it's something she said to me once that helped me be better off when dating. Married now. I'd made the remark that I hadn't understood some sappy things people do when they're in love. She looked me dead in the eyes and said, That's because you've loved but never been in love. She wasn't wrong, and as much as I sometimes hate to admit it, she rarely is. That caused me to examine the relationship I was in under closer scrutiny than I ever had before. My husband today is the most amazing husband and father we could have asked for, but never realized, until now, that we deserved. So that's it for the post, guys. A lot of varying opinions about how to evaluate someone's significant other. If I could offer just my own perspective, I think... One thing I would say, if you're the person who's dating someone and you want to know what other people think, a lot of times they won't be willing to tell you. But if they are willing to tell you or if people whose opinions you really value in life, if they're standing up and saying that they're worried about you in a relationship or that they think a person is bad for you, especially if it's a number of people saying that thing, 
One thing I think that is difficult is when you're in that infatuation stage or when you think you're in love with someone to step outside of that and uh, and take a good hard look at those opinions objectively. I would really encourage you guys to do that if you're out there. Sometimes the people in your life are wrong. Sometimes they're crazy and you do know better than them and you're with the person you're supposed to be with. But sometimes they might be worth listening to. That's just my two cents. But I really enjoyed this post. I hope you did too. As always, if you liked the video, leave a like or a comment. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to see more and hear more posts from r slash askreddit and other subreddits in the future, please subscribe. Thank you so much for watching and for listening.